This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name's Mark Vance, and today I'm kind of tired. Honestly, I'm tired. That's a a weird way to start out a podcast. You know, normally I'm trying to be upbeat and uh, helpful, but I I honestly feel a little weary today. And I thought, looking at that, this is a subject I've wanted to talk about for a while. I thought, you know, this is probably a good time to talk about it. How do you walk forward in seasons of weariness, of seasons of exhaustion, when you're overwhelmed, when you're tired, when you're stressed? Now, I, I don't want to, please do not hear me, uh, in any sort of righteous martyr sort of thing saying that pastoral ministry is the hardest thing in the world. It's not. It's not. I know people who endure far more, but as a pastor, part of your occupational hazard, if you will, is that you face a level of emotional exhaustion that sometimes other people don't face as much, because a lot of my job is to bear burdens for people. Um my job involves walking with people often in the hardest crisis moments of their life, not just the high point moments of their life. You know, as a pastor, you do, you do weddings and you do funerals. They're both part of the reality of your life. And so you, uh, you're with people in deeply painful moments and in deeply powerful moments. And that's a joy and a privilege. But when the layers of those come, you get tired. And my experience in ministry actually says that there's not like a linear pattern. So it's not like, well, you get about two hard things a month. It doesn't work that way. It's like you get zero for four months, and then you get 12 in one month. They come in waves. And I think that's the way many times in life it happens with us. It's, it's not that we get weary or discouraged from one thing that's emotionally taxing, but it's the waves of them. And so if you haven't been in a season where you feel the kind of waves of suffering hitting you, well, then rejoice and praise God for good sunny days. No one should seek out suffering. But maybe if you're in a season where you're stressed or you're overworked or you're just weary, when you get home at night bone tired, maybe this podcast would be a blessing to you as well. So I sat down and I was praying this through and thinking of, God, what is some of the wisdom that you've given to me? in terms of how to approach seasons of stress and weariness. What's some wisdom for the weary today? And this is kind of a blend of physical, relational, spiritual advice. I don't know that it's exhaustive. I'm just trying to give you the principles that have guided me in, I'm coming up on now uh, a decade of ministry at Cornerstone and uh, five, six years of pastoral ministry before that. How do you work through seasons of weariness? And so I've got the eight principles. As I was thinking them through, eight principles that have guided me and that have been a help to me. So I'm going to start with principle number one. Uh, Principle number one is this, keep going forward. Don't stop. I think the temptation in a season of exhaustion or emotional exhaustion is just to go lay down in bed, sleep in till noon, you know, sit sit there. You just get so tired sometimes, so discouraged. You go, I don't know how to move forward from this. And so you want to sit down. And often I'll use this phrase for people. I'll say, when you're walking through the desert, there is an oasis coming on the other side. But if someone t- tells you to sit down in the middle of the desert, you die. 
You don't die because of the desert. You die because you stop. You see, there's a phrase that we've used in the past, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. I believe it was Kelly Clarkson who originated that phrase. That's, that's a joke, by the way. That's a joke. I know she didn't. But he, here's the thing. We have a cultural lie right now that says, actually, whatever doesn't kill me makes me weaker. I mean, that's predominant out there for people. Hard things hurt me, and I won't recover. But actually, the Bible talks about how painful moments produce endurance. Endurance produces a proven character. Proven character can produce hope. And so what I want to say to you is if you're in the middle of a stressful, wearying time, probably the best advice I can tell you is get up and keep going. Don't stop. Don't do nothing. Don't descend into the pit of nothingness. Just keep moving. When you're in the desert, walk forward. And you will see on the other side how God's grace sustained you every day of that journey. So, when I see the season that I'm in right now, I just realize, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. Second principle, be honest with your inner circle of friends and family. One of the greatest gifts God has given me in my life is a wife who is emotionally resilient and wonderful and who I always feel better when I sit next to her. Uh, I have friends, uh, men on our elder team, who are in contact with me saying, hey, Mark, I'm with you. You know, sometimes you don't need people to alleviate the trial you're in. You just need good friends to say, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. It's the presence of a counselor, of a friend that can be so helpful. And being honest with people might mean being honest with a coach or a mentor or a counselor too. Sometimes when you're really burdened, you can't lay all of that on everybody around you. You need a safe place to go. And so I found that helpful as well. The principle here is kind of the, the word underneath James 5, where he talks about how we need to pray for one another so that we would be healed. It's interesting. James doesn't say pray for one another so you'd be forgiven. It's pray for one another so you would feel the reality of your forgiveness, right? So that you would feel the sustaining grace of God. And when we are open with one another, we actually open up the opportunity for prayer for one another to occur. So my second principle has just been be honest with people in your inner circle, in your your friend circle. The third principle, going through hard times, recognize your um, default stress blow up. Okay, so here's what I mean. I'm going to try to explain this using everyone's favorite personality test, the Enneagram. Okay, so the Enneagram, it, I don't, I'm not even going to try to explain the whole thing, but basically it's a way to help people see tendencies that they have to move. So inside of there are like these nine personality types, the reformer, type one, the, and there are these numbers. The achiever is type three, right? The challenger or the, the, the confronter is type eight. The peacemaker is type nine. So there's all nine of these. Well, each one of those personality types, as you dive into them, you find out that you have a, like a, a powerful good side of where you're growing and healthy, but then in unhealth or in stress, you have a tendency to move toward unhealthy behaviors. So I call this understanding like the shadow side or the dark side of who you are. This can be so helpful because for me, I've learned that inside of like stress, inside of stress times, I become 
confrontational and adversarial in my closer relationships. Like I, I, I see what's right and I don't want to back down on it. I, I become sensitive, overly sensitive to my children not being kind or to them being, um, you know, snooty or, or, you know, rejecting my authority because I want to, I want to control inside of my personality type, I want to be resourceful and assertive and confident. And in stress, when my world is spinning out of control, I want to go, what is going on? And so I have a tendency to be over-dominating. And the other thing I do in stress is I try to fix everything through knowledge. I try to study absolutely everything possible in it. I mean, I noticed this early COVID. My personality type, I want to know everything. So guess what I did? When the COVID hit the world, I read so many epidemiology articles, it would make your head spin. I became an amateur epidemiologist. Why? Because when I felt out of control and lost, I wanted to understand it because I feel safe when I understand everything. Well, I would tell you, if you're stressed, figure out what do you do as the shadow side of your personality? Where do you move so that you can realize, oh, that's unhealthy. That doesn't solve anything. That actually makes these issues worse. It makes this more painful. Fourth principle here for me, turn to the Psalms. Turn to the Psalms and find prayers to pray for God. You know, I, I'll give you my, uh, <laughs> this is like my secret, I don't know, it's not, not like a secret, but it's where I go. There's a section of the Psalms right after Psalm 119 called the Psalms of Ascent. And it's Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. They're all short Psalms. They're like six or seven verses. And when I'm stressed, if I flip my Bible open to a Psalm and it's like 60 verses long, I'm like, God, I'm not praying that. It's too long. I'm tired, right? But all the Psalms of Ascent are short. They're simple. They're full of honesty about the pain of life, but also like a trust in God in those times. And so I turn to those and I pray them to God. Here's one I prayed this morning, Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes up toward the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. And I, you know, I would just want to pause right there and I'd pray to God, God, you're the one who protects me. I'm tired right now, but you never need to sleep. You're always watching over me. Verse five, the Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day, the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. I just read those Psalms and I live there. In seasons of stress, I find the Psalms are the safe place for my soul. Psalm 121 is one of my favorites. Another one that I go to so often is Psalm 131. It's three verses. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. You know, this psalm often becomes confession for me. Remember, my personality type and stress, I want to understand everything. So what I end up doing is I get involved in things I can't actually control. I run to things that are too great or too wondrous for me. And so often I'll read this and I'll go, oh God, I'm stressed because I want to take control of my whole life. But God, that's pride. I don't want to be proud. And so verse 2 says, instead, what's the opposite? 
I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child sitting on the lap of its mother. My soul is like a weaned child, like a child at total peace because my father in heaven cares for me. Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and forever. I live in the Psalms when I'm stressed. And those Psalms of Ascent have become prayers for me so often through my life. They've been a reassurance to me that God sees me in my times of struggle. He's near to me. And that keeps me going. Here's the fifth principle. I pay attention to my physical health. So when I think about physical health, I recently read a book. It's called How to Make Disease Disappear, which is a terrible title because it makes you think this guy thinks he can literally cure everything. And it's actually a really reasonable, thoughtful book and not quackery once you read it. But anyways, the book says there are four main principles to health. Eat, move, relax, and sleep. Eating well, moving regularly, relaxing daily, and sleeping appropriately. And what I find is in stress, most people start to neglect at least one of those categories, if not two or more. They start to eat healthily. They sit down and watch TV shows instead of moving. They never unplug and relax. They just work all the time and their sleep gets disrupted because they're so stressed. And so what I've tried to do is pay attention to those physical health cues. So for me right now, I feel a little overwhelmed in life. That's the understatement of the year. So what am I trying to do? I'm actually focusing a lot on my eating. Because what I want to do is I want to eat a Big Mac. Like I want to eat a juicy like burger with cheese and bacon and fries and greased food. And I want to clog my arteries and feel good for five minutes. But I know, I know an hour later my stomach's going to feel terrible. You know, I'm not going to sleep well. So Eating becomes an area where simplicity is a better guide for me right now. So I just pay attention to that. Am I stress eating? Am I moving? Am I walking around or just sitting there? That's so helpful for me. Sixth one on, underneath this, I'm just going to highlight. I said the, the four principles are eat, move, relax, and sleep. But in six, I'm actually just going to simply land on sleep for a second. When I'm stressed, I need to pay attention to how I'm sleeping. That's such a big deal to me. So... I pay more attention to like a night routine. So right now, I this is, man, this sounds so ridiculous. I'm going to be judged by many of my friends for saying this. Here's my nighttime routine right now. I know I'm stressed. I know I need to sleep. So what I'm doing is I'm making cinnamon tea, decaf cinnamon tea, which is delicious and calming. I drank that tea while I read a novel. I like mystery novels, and what they do is the novel gets my mind off of whirling about what I'm stressed about, and it puts it onto some different sort of area. And after reading for a bit, I go to sleep, and I try to sleep in like total darkness as much as possible. So, and then I'm aiming to sleep. If I can sleep seven hours a night, I'm going to aim for that. If I have the opportunity to sleep a little bit more, I will. Okay, just paying attention to sleep, I'm just trying to tell you, it's where you de-stress every day. Your body calms back down, and that is so helpful. You can't just solve stress by trying to calm your mind. You need to calm your physical body because you're a physical, mental, emotional creature. So, sixth principle is sleep. Seventh principle, 
So I have one of these on my desk right now. I actually have um, on my desk at church, I have a shell from a vacation that I, I went on with my family to Florida. It's one that Owen and I found on a beach. And in times of stress, I actually look forward to my next vacation. <laughs> um, so it's helpful for me. This is going to sound silly to some people, but when I'm stressed, I look at my calendar for the year and I ask, what's the next thing that's coming up where I'm going to get some sunshine and some time outside having fun with my family? And that's just, it may not be tomorrow, but that's just really helpful. Sometimes I'll look back through my iPhone photo gallery, right? And I'll pull up like happy memories and just dwell on them. Because what happens when you're weary is you begin to become over aware of the pain of the present. You begin to think, oh, my whole life is this moment of difficulty. But it's not. It's not really. And if you could step back and see it, you'd remember, oh, there's going to be sunny days again. When you're weary, what, what happens is stress makes you overly aware of the present and unaware of the past and the future. You're just living so much of the present because you have to get through it, you have to get through it, you have to get through it. But just stepping back for me and looking forward to my next vacation, looking backward at a great moment, I find that really, really grounding and helpful. Eighth principle is do not neglect assembling yourselves together, as is the habit of some. Hebrews chapter 10. I try in times of stress, I just find that the gathering of God's people is so profoundly important. Corporate worship, where we sing songs to God, when we pray together, when I hear God's word, it becomes like a lifeblood to me. And so sometimes when you're totally overwhelmed, you think, man, I just got to sleep in on Sunday and not go to church. I want to say that that is likely the enemy talking to you, and you're likely to get stuck inside of a rut that is so unhealthy. And so press your way into corporate worship. Worship God out of the place of stress and pain and overwhelmedness and weariness. And Sundays right now to me are so dear. I just love them. They're an encouragement to me. And they're also exhausting to me, so I go home and take a nap right afterward. But what I'm saying is, don't sleep in on Sundays. Take a Sunday nap. Worship worship with God's people Sunday morning. Go home and take a nap to recharge. That's a great rhythm. But don't neglect the corporate gathering of God's people. Okay, so eight principles. Eight principles for you. And then a, then a prayer. Principle number one, in times of weariness and difficulty, don't stop. Keep going. Principle number two, be honest with how you feel with an inner circle of friends, a wise counselor, a mentor. Confess those things so they can pray for you and you can be healed. Principle three, recognize your stress miss. In times of stress, how do you mess up? How do you blow up? Understand how you behave in stress. Principle four, Turn to the Psalms and make them your prayers to God, especially the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 to 134, so helpful. Fifth principle, don't neglect physical health. Think about eating, moving, relaxing, sleeping, and be intentional there. Sixth principle, sleep well every night. Get yourself some cinnamon tea and a rockin' bedtime routine. You're going to love it. Seventh principle, Look forward to the next fun thing coming up. Look backward to fun things that have happened in the past. Remember that this moment is not the only moment of your life. And then eighth principle, get yourself up on Sunday morning and go worship with God's people. 
So that's how I'm walking right now. And God's going to meet me there. And I'm going to be tired for a little while, and that's okay. That's okay. God will meet me there. And I'm praying that maybe there'd be some people who are going through a hard time today, that this would just be a little simple bit of weariness wisdom. Wisdom for weary travelers. And a reminder that God is going to be there for you. So Psalm 130, I I just want to pray over us as we close the podcast this week. Psalm 130 is another one of those psalms of ascent. It reads, Out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. So God, hear the cries of weary people today. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. God, help us to see that, that beyond the moments of trial that we're in, we stand inside the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. God, teach us in our times of suffering that there are lessons in waiting for us. Lessons not just in realizing our hopes, but in waiting for them to come. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance. He will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Let it be so, God. Amen.